Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Lee Mariano about HR as a business partner. Lee Mariano, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you so much, John, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. I'm super excited today as we explore HR as business partner. Now, this is something that's, it's a topic not new, probably to many uh, uh, listeners on the podcast. In fact, many listeners probably have HR business partner as part of their job title or part of their responsibilities, or maybe they did in a past role. Um, that's, that's a fairly common thing in this day and age. Um, but we're going to unpack really what that looks like to have HR as a business partner, as a partner in the business to accomplish the goals of the business. And really, there's a lot there. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we can explore. One of the things we're going to zoom in on a little bit is uh, how HR as business partner can help break through the barriers uh, to get more women into leadership roles, because that's uh, an ongoing battle and challenge. And in the midst of this pandemic, you know, some reports have suggested that we've set women's equality in the workplace and in leadership back a whole generation, which is heartbreaking to hear. Uh, and so as much as it ever has been, I think it's a really important topic right now to explore and to try to figure out what we can do as HR professionals to try to better support everyone in our organizations, every member of our team, but also particularly for you know those marginalized populations or for women in the workplace to give everyone truly an equal opportunity. As we get started, I wanted to share Lee's bio with everybody. Lee Mariano has over 23 years of experience directing and leading human resource teams within large and small organizations. She has knowledge and expertise in aligning human resource initiatives with the strategic goals and objectives, as well as providing strategic direction for the full range of human capital functions. This includes an emphasis on employee development, leadership development, talent management initiatives, and others. Lee has extensive experience designing a multifaceted human resources strategy linked to business goals, developing and implementing process improvements in the areas of talent management, organizational development, employee relations, compensation, and implementing a company competency-based succession plan and management development initiative. What a wonderful set of experiences and background. It's a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners before we dive on in? No, that was great. As I was listening to you read my resume, uh, my bio, I was like, wow, I've done a lot over the years. Um, there's a lot that I've done, you know, and another add-on to that, I would say is that um, you know, I, my passion is coaching female leaders and mentoring them to help them get to that next level. Um, you know, as we talk, as you mentioned in your opening, John, about 
you know, have we set back the progress of women's equality during this pandemic with some of the resignations and some of the, the women unable um, or needing to leave the workforce to stay at home? Um, and so that continues to be a passion of mine is coaching and mentoring women who are who are moving to that next level to become leaders and and how to keep that that strength of that fortitude inside of them to to keep going when it when it seems overwhelming. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. It's very much needed. Thank you so much for for making that a focus of your work. And and we definitely can explore that and in, in some of the practical things we can do um, as HR professionals, as organizational leaders, uh, as we go through this conversation today. Um, but before we get there, let's start a little bit more generally, zoom out, and let's talk about HR as a business partner. Now, some of what I shared in your bio, I think actually frames it up quite well. Uh, human resources isn't just, you know, the old personnel management. Um, and, you know, when I was going through school, um, I don't know, I, I, I probably took my first HR class about 20 years ago. And even then, it had moved quite a bit beyond, you know, really where it was in the 80s and 90s. Um, but since then, it's, it's you know, the, the pendulum has continued to swing and, and, you know, kind of that exponential curve has continued to develop of like, let's get out of just, um, you know, all of the, the, the different components, the, the managerial and administrative components of HR. Let's get into the transactional HR, the, the experiential HR, the strategic HR to drive business outcomes. Um, so with that said, like, how else would you frame HR as a business partner? Why is that so important in the modern world of work? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so one, as you were talking it, you know, the, the thing, the word that kept popping in my head is dress code police and party planner, right? That was the old way of thinking about HR. Um, they were the ones who were considered uh, the let's keep a smile on everyone's face people. And, and over the years, what I've learned and in my experience is that HR, everything we do, everything we touch hits the bottom line of the company. Whether it's recruiting the right talent, retaining the right talent, having a strong compensation strategy, having a strong benefits uh, approach and benefit offerings, making sure that we are uh, empowering the managers in order to performance manage their people, right? Everything that we do has an impact, a financial impact on the company. So it's more than just the dress code police, the party planner, the keeping people happy. It's really about embedding HR into the business so that we are no longer viewed as a barrier to success, but we're viewed as a how to get it done. We're going to help you get this done by we're, whatever means necessary. HR, are we're the ones that are going to help managers and supervisors learn how to lead and effectively manage their people, right? That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. Like we're going to be in there. We're going to be in the meetings. We're going to be having the conversation. We're going to be partnering with you. It's not just HR standing outside looking in. We're in the room and we're having those conversations. And for me, what it really looks, you know, success looks like for me in a business is when the manager picks up the phone and calls me and says, Lee, I have an issue and I need to walk through this with you. 
I have a personnel issue that I want to get in front of. And I've heard your conversations. I've heard the manager training. I've listened to your words. And I know I need to get you involved now so that I can handle this the right way. It builds trust. It builds, it's the, the back and forth. It's the conversation and the dialogue. And it helps empower the manager so they have the, the, the tools and the resources to better manage their team, which then helps them become better leaders. So it's, it's really about, you know, yes, the transactional has to happen. The day-to-day -day has to happen. Um, but if HR can begin to operate as business people, as operations people embedded in the company, that gives us more influence over the leaders and how they're running the company and interacting with their people. Yeah. And for years, I mean, for, from the first time I ever taught an HR class at the university, um, you know, I've always told students that HR isn't, it's not like these people who are in HR over in this department, it's this functional area, they do HR, and then we do our leader, we do our management leadership stuff. Like that's not HR. HR, anyone who manages, supervises, or leads people should be doing HR every day, right? And the problem is most people don't have a clue. They don't, <laughs> they don't know what they don't know. And so they don't realize how um, ineffective or even potentially damaging they're being um, to their teams. And it's not because of malicious intent. It's just, they just don't know what they don't know. They're ignorant. They, 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 you know, we, we often promote people, um, you know, to the level of their incompetence. And so they just, you know, they just don't know um, how to, how to do the job. They, you know, I think of, I think of the office all the time. And I always tell people, Toby is the, the poster child, the unfortunate poster child of HR. And, but, but Michael Scott is also the, the, the poster child of the Peter principle. And like what commonly happens in organizations, when you have a great salesperson who gets promoted to be manager, they don't know a anything about how to manage people. And now they're a manager or a great coder who is now a manager of a, a team of coders or talk about anything, any area, right. Of expertise. Eventually, if you're successful, you tend to get promoted and then you find yourself in a new role that requires a completely different skill set than what you did so successfully, successfully before. Some people are able to grow and adapt into that. Other people really struggle and one of the big differences is how much support is there in the organization for this person in their new role. Now in the show, the office, you know, you have Toby who's like in the back corner, you know, he's the separate HR person. He's the, he's the fun police, right? He's the one saying no. And it's just kind of exactly the caricature of what you were just describing a few minutes ago. That's what Toby in the office is. And that's how Michael Scott's adversarial relationship with Toby in the office is portrayed. Right. And that's unfortunate. That's not the way it should be at all. Uh, and if we're talking about HR's business partner, they're going to be involved in all those conversations. They're going to be involved in helping, helping the Michael Scotts of the world actually learn how to be better managers. And one of that, you know, part of that, when you say, you know, promoted to their level of incompetence, what I found is that promotion going to that next level is seen as the end game. It is always viewed as this is what I'm supposed to do in an organization. If I move up, if I go to that next level, I have no recourse. I can't self-select out and still be successful as an individual contributor. And so I think HR's role in that and, and working with the managers and the leadership is to help 
create paths, success paths for every person in the company. You don't necessarily have to move up. You can move wide, you can move across, or you can simply stay at your subject matter expertise, right? And, and I think that is part of the, the great thing about having HR embedded really truly in the business as a business partner, um, because we can help frame some of those uh, succession planning approaches. We can frame how we promote people. We can frame what success looks like. Success for me may look very different than how it looks for you. And so we should not be necessarily treated exactly the same. I may love being an individual contributor, coming in every day, doing my job, head down, and I love it. That's what makes me happy. You, on the other hand, you may say, you know what? I want to run this department. I want to run this division. I want to have 10 people reporting to me. And I want to be you know, a, a driver of the business and our success from a sales or operations perspective. There should be room in the company for both of those decisions. There should be space for employees to succeed on, you know, depending on how they define it. And, and I think that's, you know, really kind of the, the changing of the guard that I've seen over the years is that the voice of HR can truly influence how the company is operating, how we are perceived, where Sure, we all want to have fun when we go to work every day. We spend so much of our lives working and with the people at our office and on our company. So sure, we want to have fun, but we also have to get the business done. And how do we balance out the two? How do we um, sometimes have to you know, walk a very fine line is what I say. And, and, and it takes some time to get there. It's not easy, but it can be done. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. And, and it's not an either or, right? Like you can do both. Uh, it doesn't need to be this adversarial relationship. Um, but you do need compliance. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes these things, the tension, you know, people get frustrated. Um, 
but you, we can get past that as we move into more transformational and strategic approaches. Yes, the compliance work needs to happen. Yes, uh, we need documentation. Yes, we need paperwork. Yes, we need like, we have systems, processes, procedures, all that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. All that stuff has to happen, but you can still do all those other things and you can have a business that's high performing, very successful, uh, a great team. Uh, that's getting stuff done. And you can have a team that genuinely enjoyed each other's company, who has fun with each other. <laughs> you know, in fact, the two go hand in hand and you tend to have, you know, when you have both, it tends to be the best possible of all outcomes. And so, you know, absolutely every, to everything you're saying, yes, yes, yes. And, and we just need in, in some cases to continue to shift the mentality either within ourselves or the people within our HR team, but also, you know, with, with uh, individuals throughout the organization, because depending on the organization, the history, the culture, you might have pockets of resistance. You might have people who really don't get the vision of like how HR will actually help them do their jobs better, help them to improve, help them to accomplish the business of the organization better. Um, so that's an ongoing battle, I think an ongoing process. Um, let's zoom in now. So there's many things we could zoom in on, but because we already talked a little bit about women in leadership, let's zoom in on that as a, a particular example of like as a HR, as a business partner, um, how can we go about uh, helping leaders throughout the organization better understand how they can be allies and advocates for females in uh, their team uh, within their workspace so that there are more opportunities and truly equality and equal opportunity for, for females, males alike, and, and really, I suppose, any other um, diverse population? Yeah, that's a, great, that's a great question. And so what I've done in the past is, and, and it really aligns with the succession planning that I've done from a strategic perspective and also internally, um, you know, within the organization, mentoring and coaching and giving opportunities is, is I set up scenarios where it's not just the leader of the organization that is front and center, but I work with the next level managers in order to identify the very strong, high performing people, male, female, whatever, so on and so forth, that can then be presenting um, ideas that can give updates to the company. So one, it gives them visibility to not only the leadership uh, of the company, but other employees so they can be identified as a subject matter expert in their industry. It's a rotational assignment. So not one person is always the one who's giving the presentation. So if you have five top performers in your organization or in your team, then all five of those should get the should have the ability to provide an update or a debrief and get visibility in front of the leadership team because it gives them equal footing, right? And then also as we work on special projects within the organization, um, taking the person out of it and look at the skills that they bring. Whether someone has a, maybe it's a language skill, or maybe they have a, a hard to find technical skill. A lot of my experience in HR has been in companies that focus on technology. And whatever it may be, there is, is a heavy um, contingent of males in the technology field in the companies that I've been in, um, less so on, on the female side. And so 
what I do is I, I would look at the skills of the people within the organization, right? And I would bring forth the skills. It's not necessarily I manager like that employee. It's going to be HR manager, HR director to the manager. Let's highlight the person with the skills. And that takes somewhat, you know, the, the personal component out of it. It takes the, the selection of my favorites out of it, and it then focuses on the skill. So the people with the right skill set, the talent, maybe they've worked on a special project, they've worked with the company for years, they are the ones pushed to the front. It, personal preference is not the component, because when you have personal preference play into the decision, if theoretically, if a male manager has to select someone who can have that conversation with the executive team, more times than not, they may pick a male employee, regardless of whether or not that employee is the right person. And so again, that goes to the embedding HR into the decision process where you try and make it as objective as you possibly can based on the skills of the person, the talent, um, you know, the knowledge that they bring to the table, and then you give opportunity across the entire organization. And that then what I found over the years is you begin to see uh, minority employees, you begin to see women employees rise to the top because you have that objective selection of the people who are uh, the right fit with the right talent, getting the visibility. And it does, it, it's like turning a ship. Uh, I'm former Marine Corps, so I always talk about turning the Navy ship. Uh, but when you start turning the Navy ship, it does take a while, but you start seeing the change and then employees in the company also start seeing that others are getting opportunities. Right. When they see that more than, you know, it's not just the same person, the same profile getting the same opportunity, they begin to say, okay, maybe this is a place where I can excel. Maybe this is a place where I can start to shine. Um, and then they put themselves out there as, you know, someone who may want to be on a special project, who may want to do an internal transfer to another team. Um, and that's where you begin to see that shift in the organization where it becomes a much more dynamic, much more um, fluid and, and flexible company and a team where people realize there are opportunities and they are, they are no longer held down, they are no longer uh, held back, that, that they can really rise up in the organization. And that's where you get people really being um, satisfied with what with their career and their career growth and their professional development. So those are some of the things that I've done. Yeah, I love it. Great, great example. Great insights. And the bottom line is, is for a, a seasoned and experienced HR professional who can go and have those conversations about the very action oriented practical things that individual supervisors, managers, leaders can do proactively within their teams to make sure that there truly is opportunity for everyone um, so that you're so that you're minimizing the biases the implicit biases that people may have you're making things more uh, taking away subjectivity making it more objective as much as possible truly uh, promoting people with capability and creating an environment where people recognize 
true opportunity. We know there's lots of research that shows, you know, men tend to apply for stuff they're not even qualified for, and women tend to self-select out and take take themselves out of the equation way too early, <laughs> even when they're very capable and qualified. And so a big part of this is just to to we have to reinforce over and over and over again, helping people recognize, helping people to see themselves in these types of roles and to realize that, yeah, they, they, there is a place for them. There's an opportunity for them in the future and they can grow into that opportunity. I think all of that's super important. All of this, you know, th these are the things that HR business partners can and should be helping the organization to do better. All aspects of diversity, equity, and inclusion, not just women in leadership, but all aspects of diversity, equity, and inclusion, but so many of the other areas that also come up during our conversation today. Well, Lee, it has been a pleasure. I note the time. I'm going to have to let you go in a few minutes here. Um, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Absolutely. So I would love to hear from, from anyone who would like to continue the conversation. I, of course, can be reached on LinkedIn. Just look up my name, Lee Mariano, uh, and I am right there front and center. I also offer um, coaching and mentoring, confidence coaching, um, leadership coaching, and also communication and public speaking to, to women and men who are looking to level up their skills. And I can be reached on my website, at alexadomcoach.com. Uh, and you can reach out to me there and see my offerings. But of course, I'm right on LinkedIn. And that is one of the easiest ways to reach me. Uh, and you can send me a chat and I can definitely continue that conversation. And I would say, you know, kind of to close out, you know, this conversation is, is important. I have been, you know, as you said in my bio, I've been in HR for, you know, 23 years now going on 24. And there is the perception of HR that we must actively uh, work to change on a regular basis. The definition of what HR is today is not what it was 20 years ago. And we as HR professionals must evolve and change as well. We're no longer allowed. I think, I think that's where we sometimes fall down we're no longer allowed to sit back and simply be observers to the business running without us and then stepping in when there's a fire. We must change and evolve and be right there next to the business leaders, the managers, the operations, um, working with them so that we don't get to the point where a fire is happening. Or, it, or once the smoke starts, the manager is already equipped with the knowledge that you've given them and you've helped them with so they know how to get in front of it. So being a casual observer to the business is not going to serve us well in the future. We absolutely must be strategic business partners to the leadership, to the business in order to help the business succeed. Amen. Well said. I completely agree, Lee. It has been a real pleasure talking with you today. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Lee can do to help you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. 
Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.